Hi, and welcome to this latest edition of the Money Minutes. And today I want to take you through something taking place in the UK called Project Birch. Now, this is a plan drawn up by uh, effectively the Chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK, Rishi Sunak, effectively to bail out British companies. Now, what they try to do is look at companies that are on a last resort basis, but which, if they collapse, would harm the British economy. So they're talking about the steel industry. They're talking about maybe airlines. Uh, and also remember that already in place, the Bank of England, the equivalent of the Reserve Bank, uh, has put in place a scheme of lending to industry. They're suggesting it could go out to as much as £100 billion. Now, this Project Birch is clearly controversial. And the idea is they're suggesting that it could be even car industry. So let's say, for example, some of the businesses that have already admitted that they're looking for support from the British government. One is Tata Steel. Uh, another, Jaguar Land Rover, but ironically also already owned by Tata. Two airlines, Virgin Airlines or Virgin Atlantic at least, and also Logan Air are talking to the government. Suggestions are that the government could end up bailing out the British airlines by as much as £200 billion. Then come back here to Australia. That name Virgin pops up again because here in Australia, the Australian government decided not to try and bail out uh, Virgin Australia and left it to the hands of receivers and administrators to try and find a trade buyer. Now, some of those are lining up to try and do it. Uh, others are being opportunistic. The, the future of it, obviously, is about the jobs now, remember also even the Queensland government at one stage uh, came up with some crazy idea uh, to try and buy a share in, in Virgin Australia. Well, you know, the truth is that they didn't really have the money, <laughs> let's be honest. And maybe they had the, uh, the endeavour to try and keep it based in Queensland, keep the jobs there. I mean, but get back to reality. Australia clearly has taken a totally different view than the British government. Now, go back a bit in history, go back to the last financial crisis, the British government bailed out banks, two of them notably, the Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, uh, RBOS, RBS, and also HBOS, the Halifax Bank of Scotland. They put money into both of those. Now, remember to this day that the British government still owns about 64% of the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, and in fact, uh, then you go ironically to the fact that the new boss of the National Australia Bank here, Ross McEwen, was formerly the boss of the Royal Bank of Scotland, said to have done a very good job. Now, go even further back in history, and there is precedence for even conservative governments to buy shares in British companies, Rolls-Royce being the classic. But then you move even further forward and you go then to the whole era under Maggie Thatcher. And if you think about in the 1980s, uh, she sold off some 40 government organisations and set off a wave of privatisations around the world that came here. Now, she sold off British Telecom, British Aerospace, British Airways, British Gas. As I say, 40 of them in all. One of them was Rolls-Royce. It had been nationalised in 1971 under an extreme debt burden, and it stayed that way until Thatcher privatised it in 1987. So now here, I think that the government's taken a very different approach, and I think the right approach. It hasn't sought to bail out Virgin. And as I say, I think that's a good thing, a sound thing. Try and let the market work it out. Now, the US government also has a precedent during the financial crisis of bailing out big organisations. There's 
Fannie Mae, there's Freddie Mac, which are the big uh, issuers of home loans that got the trouble in the global financial crisis. Earlier, also, the US government had bailed out General Motors. Uh, and uh, in those cases, had um, taken either stakes or set them up. But the question about whether government should take these stakes or not is a very important one. And clearly, let's say, for example, if there was a, I don't know, a water company or a gas company or something that was absolutely crucial to the economy and to the well-being of people in Australia, government might have to do that. Here in Australia, the gas companies and the energy companies seem to be relatively sound. Water is in state hands, so that's going to be fine. So you raise a question of what is really here in Australia that needs to be bailed out. If anything, my gut feel is the stock market in recent days has shown with the opening up of the economy that there's real opportunity for even some of those who appeared to be the biggest basket cases. Now, on the stock market, some of the biggest falls were for Flight Centre and Webjet, companies affected by the ban on international travel. But they've rebounded massively in recent days on the stock market. If anything, the support doesn't seem to be required, in my opinion, on an industry or company-by-company basis. More likely, I think, would be better on a regional basis. Now, think here about the tourism areas of Queensland and the unemployment that's going to come in those areas. That's where government needs to step in. That's where government needs to provide the support and indeed potentially build the infrastructure for when eventually the tourists come back. But there's one other big question about this. While we're talking about governments overseas buying assets, you know, strategic assets during times of crisis... I just wonder whether here in Australia there's a a chance that the government goes completely in the opposite direction. And rather than buying out private assets under distress, it might start to think about selling some assets of its own. Now, just think about some of the, the debt that's going to be accumulated as a result of the economic impact of the coronavirus. Now, go and think about this net debt is forecast to peak at $392 billion dollars. So that was in this financial year and then was expected to fall as the government expected that budget surplus, remember. And then there was going to be the gradual reduction in the national debt. Now, do bear in mind also that gross debt is $600 billion and rising, but the net debt is the one you've always got to watch because the government does have assets of its own. Now, think about this as $200 billion or so, so far in stimulus. So remember that net debt figure, $392 billion. An extra $200 billion or so in stimulus. Now, okay, take off the $60 billion because of the error in the JobKeeper calculation. So we're still at around $140, $150 billion. But then also consider that the very much higher rate of unemployment and also then that the government makes 50% of its revenues from PAYE taxpayers. So the budget deficits must now start to ramp up vigorously. So therefore, so too does the borrowing. So as a result, it's not going to end up, let's say, theoretically at, I don't know, um, uh, $550 billion or so. It's going to get out towards $600 billion. Now, the Australian Office of Financial Management issues Australia's debt. It says this year, this financial year, it is expecting to issue $130 billion worth of bonds. So in other words, $130 billion worth of debt. Now, some of that will actually cover retiring debt, but at the moment... The Australian Office of Financial Management says it's issuing about $5 billion worth of bonds, in other words, borrowing an extra $5 billion each 
and every week. But despite this and the growing debt, the federal government still has one of the lowest debts of all governments in the developed world. Just past week, the ratings agency Fitch has reconfirmed Australia's AAA credit rating. Now, New South Wales and Victoria, the states, they cleared much of their debt during the housing booms. Now, they're building some of that because they're building infrastructure. Uh, But now, other states, notably Queensland, of course, are not in such good shape. So let's go back to the federal government. How would it start to think about getting out of this debt? Well, number one, try and get the economy to grow again, try and get back into surplus. You can pay it back that way. But what would happen if it wanted to do it a bit more quickly? It could sell something. It could sell some things. What could it sell? Well, already previously, Australia Post had been potentially on the block. What's that worth? Well, maybe as much as $20 billion. That's what they were talking about going back a few years. Now, they're in a restructure because of, obviously, letter delivery is losing a bomb. And on the other side of it, parcel delivery is booming. So that's, you know, in a structural change for that business right now. But it's getting there. So, you know, maybe 15 to $20 billion it could be. The other obvious one, NBN Co. The government has spent $64 billion on the NBN, rolling it out. But it's quite clear to anybody observing this that the NBN is not worth that. Not a fraction. Let's maybe throw that in at another, well, I think I'm being generous, but let's say another $20 billion. And the final asset I reckon they could sell is the Australian Rail Track Corporation that runs all of the interstate rail lines. That again is worth another few billion dollars. So we're sitting there and saying that of the money that they're now spending, there is probably maybe the best part of $50 billion sitting out there that the government could get back by selling some assets and then readdressing its own balance sheet. Not a bad thing. Now, the final part about this is any Australian who's an investor would understand that there has been enormous success when the government has privatised companies in the past. Think about just two standouts. Number one, the Commonwealth Bank, Australia's largest bank, and quite clearly from a capital point of view, considered to be Australia's most secure bank. That's number one, right? Number two is the absolute standout, and that is CSL, the old Commonwealth Serum Laboratories, now Australia's largest company. And anybody who managed to get into that privatisation when it first listed, with the shares now around $300 apiece, would recognise why, in some cases, government selling assets can be a very good thing for the shareholders who buy in, but also then for the government in getting out of its own debt. So there's the idea, rather than going down the British front of buying up businesses and then trying to sell them in the future, maybe right now the government already has some assets it can sell to try and just take a bit of pressure off the debt it inevitably it inevitably has to take on right now. Many thanks for your company. I'm Ross Greenwood. Talk to you soon.